Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart. You're about to find out everything you need to know to start your day. It's the WISN Morning Briefing. It is 5.05. This is the WISN Morning Briefing, sponsored by Team Hoffman Remax. It is a Monday, July the 10th. We've got rain, some storms in the area. In fact, 72 degrees. Good morning. I'm Ken Herrera. And topping the news, a flash flood warning up for Kenosha County through 715 this morning. Heavy rains over the area have already left three inches of rain, and that rain continues to fall. Fox 6 Chief Meteorologist Rob Haswell tells us the flash flooding is already causing big problems in Kenosha County near the city of Kenosha. We've already had some reports of areas flooded with rainwater up to the windows of cars, up past the doors. That's an additional concern for those who got trapped in it when the flash flood occurred because the pressure from that causes you to be unable to get out of your vehicle. You know, pop the window out or get out of through the window. But a big challenge, obviously. And um, the good news, of course, is that it's happening very early in the morning, so a lot of folks are not out in it already. It is this flooding that we're concerned about mostly right now in Kenosha County and there's that 10 block area 40th and 75th in the Kenosha area there where we do have reports of water up to the windows of cars. Unfortunately the fire department in that area taking some uh, good steps there to shut off some gas and electricity to water in the building so that'll be a helpful benefit there. Yeah a flash flooding also a problem in Madison especially on the west and south sides of Madison. Just a lot of rain over the overnight and again we do have that flash flood warning for all of Kenosha County until 7:15, the 50th anniversary of Summerfest now in the history books after it wrapped up last night. Fox 6's Angelica Sanchez at the Festival Park as things wound down, talking with fans who agree this was another huge success for Milwaukee. This was my first Summerfest, and it was truly incredible. In fact, some guests tell me that they look forward to what the next 50 years will bring. Being able to hang out with friends and enjoy it, dance. On the last day of the celebration, 30,000 general admission tickets were given away for Summerfest 2018. We got tickets yeah, next year, so we're very excited about that. If you were one of the 30,000 guests that got a ticket, you also got your name placed into a drawing for a lifetime pass to Summerfest. Officials say the loyal fans are what's made the festival what it is today. I want to say thanks, starters. Everybody who came down to Summerfest this year, I hope you had a blast. Local writer Michael Collins says he decided to document the 11 day event on his blog behind the cheddar curtain. I have really enjoyed meeting people. I try to meet somebody new every day uh, and I've met many new people and I also try to see these local bands performing on the big stages. He says in order to achieve the content he wanted, he spent two to six hours each day at the festival, which sometimes could feel like work. I'm getting a little bit tired. I'm looking forward to sleeping in tomorrow. But the experience was worth it because 50 years is a milestone for anyone, including him. This year I'm 50, Summerfest is 50, so I thought this would be a perfect time to come for all 11 days and write about the experience. As the final tunes of the festival play, loyal fans of the celebration say they look forward to what the next 50 has in store. I hope they go for 50 more years. And if you can believe it, plans are already in motion for Summerfest 2018. I'm Angelica Sanchez, Fox 6 News. Another man police say was responsible for a domestic dispute that led to a standoff with officers in Waukesha 
has surrendered to police. Fox 6's Brett Lemoyne reports from outside the Milwaukee County Jail. This is where 24-year-old Nassar Gregory turned himself into police this morning, but the circumstances surrounding that surrender are rather unique. This was the scene Friday in Waukesha. Police believe 24-year-old Nassar Gregory was inside the home armed with a knife. He's not a bad person. He just has, you know, like mental and anxiety problems. Gregory's girlfriend's children called police saying he had hit her and was trying to electrocute her. The police response was huge. Who did they think was there, Bin Laden? Private investigator Daniel Storm believes it was also unnecessary. I've never seen that kind of a response before. It was pretty amazing. Storm says police used drones, multiple tactical vehicles, and several rounds of rubber bullets to try and get Gregory out of the home. Storm says Gregory snuck away before investigators even arrived, hopping aboard a city bus to get away. He has a fear that the police wants to kill him. Community activist Tori Lowe pleaded with Gregory to turn himself in and even offered to act as a liaison between Gregory and police. Lowe says the suspect called him over the weekend wanting to surrender. He was able to um, be safe, uh, the police were safe, and everybody's safe. Lowe and Storm picked Gregory up Sunday morning and recorded the peaceful exchange for their social media followers. Lowe says Gregory was afraid because Gregory's brother was killed by police. Lowe believes fear created a problem for both parties during this incident. Until we can fix that or bridge that mistrust, we have to find alternative ways for safety. Now, Lowe says that uh, he has helped two other suspects recently in similar ways, and both Lowe and Storm say their goal here is really just to make sure no one gets hurt or killed. That includes the suspects and police. Outside the jail, Brett Lemoyne, Fox 6 News. A hearing on a request to sequester the jury in the so called Slenderman trial is set for today. Lawyers for 14 year old Morgan Geyser argue that publicity surrounding this case will make it difficult for members of the jury not to hear about it. Her trial set for October. Her alleged accomplice, Anissa Wire's trial, is set for September. An amazing story here. Iraq's Prime Minister Sunday celebrated the recapture of Mosul, the last major stronghold of the Islamic terror group ISIS, and one of Iraq's largest cities, in fact. Fox 6's Theo Keith has the story of a Milwaukee man who was shot by ISIS as his American group was trying to save Iraqi civilians last month. Today, Ephraim Mattis is back in Milwaukee. Video of his team saving a young Iraqi girl has gone viral. And now he is sharing video of the moment he was shot, hoping that more people will understand what's going on overseas. June 2nd, the man on the right, Ephraim Mattis, faces ISIS fighters through a wall of smoke in Mosul, Iraq. You see ISIS, they're shooting people, civilians, little girls in the back of the head as they're running toward us. The former Navy SEAL retired from the military this spring, but instead of returning to life in Milwaukee, he flew to Iraq with the Free Burma Rangers, a group that helps civilians in war zones. That day in June, the group's mission was to pull survivors from 60 bodies on a Mosul street, with ISIS gunning down from its position nearby. In my mind, I was basically just waiting to get hit. There was just so much incoming fire, and it was just there was no way we were getting out of it without a scratch. Mattis says a U.S. aircraft drops smoke to shield his team. They move in behind an Iraqi tank. He and another man provide cover as the team leader grabs an Iraqi girl from the killing field. In the chaos, the group begins to plan its retreat behind a tank it can't radiate. 
This camera angle, which Mattos says hasn't been seen before in the U.S., shows the group moving back towards safety. That's when Mattos gets shot at the leg and falls. They can't tell the tank to stop, and so it was like, hey man, you got to get up and move. Somehow, the team makes it back without more injuries, allowing him to get medical help. That day, we were able to save. Uh, one man and one little girl. Now back in Milwaukee, Mattos says he's back to 90% health. He says it's great that Iraqi forces have retaken Mosul, though he says the war is far from over in the city where he faced ISIS. I never want Americans to understand what that suffering in war is like, but I would like for them to know that it's going on and to be appreciative for, for what we have. He tells me that he would go back to Iraq, but has no plans to do so right now. In the newsroom, Theo Keith, Fox 6 News. Now that video available at fox6now.com. Checking the Bryant Heating and Cooling Sports scoreboard, the Brewers top the Yankees 5-3, and believe it or not, go into the All-Star break with a five-and-a-half game lead over the Cubs and the Cardinals. Still to come on the morning briefing, the Senate returns to work with no fewer than 10 Republicans now who say they can't support the current health care plan and I'll come up with something different. That's just ahead. It's 514. You're starting your day with news and commentary. This is the WISN Morning Briefing. And your morning briefing continues now at 519 with news and comments on that news. It's back to work this week for the U.S. Senate. And at the top of the agenda, the repeal and replacement of Obamacare. Republicans spent the holiday break working on ways to change the existing bill hoping to make it acceptable to at least 50 senators. It was the subject of discussion on Fox News Sunday. The Senate returns from recess tomorrow with Republicans still hoping to keep their promise to repeal and replace Obamacare. But how realistic is that goal? Joining me now is Louisiana Senator and Dr. Bill Cassidy, who has his own health care plan. Senator, welcome back. Thank you. You were one of the few... Republican senators or congressmen to hold an open town hall during this last recess, and you got an earful on health care. Let's take a look. I'll tell you what's rude um, kicking 22 million people off their health care in this country because you know you cannot afford it. You worked at the, at the Earl K. Long Hospital for a long time. You know what people are like at their lowest. So to step on their necks by kicking them off their health care at this point, that's cruel, sir. Um, uh, strong message to follow. Uh, as you went around the state of Louisiana these last 10 days, how concerned are voters, how concerned are folks when they read, and obviously this fellow was aware of it, of the CBO report that, that tens of millions of people could lose their health insurance under the plans Republicans are putting forward? They're very concerned. You're hearing two different arguments. You're hearing first folks saying, listen, I'm paying $1,700 a month for insurance before Obamacare is paying 800 and I have $6,000 deductibles per family member. Uh, and are you have folks who with disabilities who are concerned they will lose their coverage for the disability. That shows that health care is like no other issue. It touches people in their most personal being. We've got to get it right. And they're not happy with the current situation. Well, people don't like change even from worse to better. And there's been a lot of kind of promulgation of things which are not true about the health care bills that have gone up. By the way, I have reservations about the Senate bill, but nonetheless, some of that which is of concern does not need to be of concern. Well, let's talk about the plan, because you and Senator Collins, Republican Senator Collins of Maine, who has said at this point that she's against the bill, the, the Senate bill, the, your plan that you're putting forward, and here are some of the highlights. Keep most Obamacare taxes to pay for 
a replacement, allows states to keep most of Obamacare if they want for states that want a new system, auto-enroll people in insurance so they have to opt out, not opt in. Senator, it's an interesting plan, but how many of your colleagues in the Senate, and particularly Republicans, have signed on to it? Uh, we have six of us total, more than any other plan out there. And by the way, I would say that is the only way we can go forward. But, but you, you need 50. Oh, we plus need the vice president. I totally get that. But once, if, if the president logs in that this is the plan he wishes, or that the leadership says, okay, this is the plan we want, then it will be the plan that goes forward. Some people were going to sign on. They said, let's see what President Trump does. Let's first talk, Chris, though, about why they've had such a problem passing any plan. They're trying to combine tax reform with health care reform. We take care of that. We say, let's do health care reform first and then address the tax situation when you do comprehensive, um, uh, uh, comprehensive tax reform. Don't mix the two. We don't mix the two. Secondly, are we serious about keeping Donald Trump's campaign pledges to cover all, care for pre-existing conditions, eliminate the individual and employer mandate, and lower premiums? If we're serious about that, Cassidy Collins is the only way to get there. But, but here's the criticism that, that you hear, and quite frankly, I, I don't mean to be negative, but this is the reason it doesn't seem like Cassidy Collins is going anywhere, is that if New York, what you're basically saying is it's a federal system, each state can decide what fits them. That is a good conservative federal argument. But if New York and if California decide that they're going to retain Obamacare with all of the benefits, most of Obamacare, with federal taxes, which is what your plan would do, conservative senators say in their states, which are going to do away with Obamacare, then the folks in their states are paying so New Yorkers can have bigger, better, richer health care coverage than they get. That is a misunderstanding of our bill. Every state gets an equivalent amount of money based upon their population and a couple other factors, cost of care, et cetera. So every state would get their fair share, if you will. New York and California would continue to get the share they want, minus, by the way, the penalties on the individual and employer mandates. We repeal those mandates. So those states would have to reimpose individual and employer mandates. Frankly, I don't think they keep Obamacare. I think they go with our other option. All right. The hot idea right now uh, is Ted Cruz's plan that he is being offering under which uh, <clears throat> each exchange uh, an insurer would, could offer what are called skinny plans, cheaper plans with fewer benefits that people could buy, but as long as they offer one plan that has all the benefits under Obamacare. And the argument against that is that you're going to get healthy people, they're going to buy the cheaper plans with less coverage because they're healthy, and that means that the middle-income people who aren't covered by Medicaid, who have pre-existing conditions or serious problems, are going to have these expensive comprehensive plans they won't be able to afford. You basically have a two-class insurance system, and for the people who really need it, no insurance at all. Well, first, I'm all for, <clears throat> I'm all for people being able to choose the insurance plan that best suits their needs. We should absolutely do that. But you're right. If you sluice off the older and sicker in their own plan with their own risk pool, then you've just recreated the Obamacare exchanges where the federal taxpayer is putting billions in to subsidize the expense of a few. We need to have a common risk pool where everybody uh, chips in a little bit for that young person who gets in a car wreck, for example. If we do it, in that case, the Cruz Amendment's a good amendment. But as it now stands, Cruz is a non-starter for you. I don't know the amendment. I, if it turns out it's two plans... Well, that's what he's described. With, no, that's okay. With two risk pools, then that's bad. Because but that's what he's described. No. 
He has not yet designated whether or not you have a single risk pool or two risk pools. If it is a single risk pool, that actually works. If it is two risk pools, that's just Obamacare recreated. Uh, and we need to do something different than Obamacare. At least 10 Republican senators have now said, have come out formally, you have not, although you've expressed doubts about it, have expressed doubts about the McConnell plan as it was offered the last week in June. Is that plan now dead? We don't know what the plan is. Well, uh, wait a minute. It was, it was submitted. Well, the draft plan has now been serious rewrite. And so we don't know what the serious rewrite. Uh, clearly, the draft plan is dead. Is the serious rewrite plan dead? I don't know. I've not seen the serious rewrite plan. It's a heck of a way to do business. It is a heck of a way to do business. By the way, I go back to Cassidy Collins. Nice thing about Cassidy Collins. <laughs> the nice thing about Cassidy Collins, as you said, it's a conservative federalist approach, which actually gives the states guidelines, gives every state their fair share, and allows them to come up with the answer for their state. It actually takes that decision making away from us, returning it to the patient and the state. That's where we should be. And then there is the idea that President Trump offered in a tweet a few days ago, and let's put this up on the screen, if Republican senators are unable to pass what they are working on now, they should immediately repeal and then replace at a later date. I'll tell you, it'll be uncertainty in the insurance markets. Premiums will rise for middle-class families. It gives all the power to people who actually don't believe in President Trump's campaign pledges, who actually don't want to continue to cover and care for pre-existing conditions and to lower premiums. It gives them the stronger hand. I think it's wrong. I think it betrays President Trump's campaign pledges. So I come away from this, Senator, thinking that, that repeal and replace is in real trouble. Uh, in the current pathway, it has been. And I know I sound like a broken record. We should go back to conservative principles where we devolve power to the states and to the patients, allowing them to make the patients the, the best decision for them. But I guess what I'm asking you is, if you look at a rewritten, and I understand you haven't seen it all, but as what you've heard about, I mean, there's nobody who's more clued in on this than you are in the Senate. If you look at what uh, McConnell is talking about, look at what Cruz is talking about, forget Kennedy, uh, Ca uh, Cassidy Collins for a moment, how much trouble is repeal and replace in? Uh, if you're only talking about the draft plan, clearly it's not going to pass. Ten senators have said they would not vote for it. On the other hand, every time they come up with an iteration that becomes more conservative in the sense of giving power back to states, we move a little bit closer to passage. So if we continue in that pathway, I do think we come up with both a bill that passes and one that fulfills President Trump's campaign plan. Does this get passed by the end of the month? I don't know that. You, you want to put odds on it? Uh, I would probably put that as 50-50. I do think we have to do something for market stabilization. Otherwise, people who are pre paying premiums of twenty, thirty, and $40,000 will pay even that much more. So we have to do something to stabilize the market for those middle-class families currently kind of mm, groaning beneath Obamacare. Our American people want more freedom to make the decision that matters to them and not have somebody in Washington, D.C. tell them what that decision should be. Obamacare tells them what that decision should be. It may take a while, but we will get to a point where that power goes back to the family. Stay tuned because I'm sure you're going to hear a whole lot more about this and about the effort to repeal and replace over the coming week. Much more still to come on The Morning Briefing, including more on Washington going back to work today. Sometimes that's pretty bad news. We'll have that more along with an update on your morning traffic. It is 529. It is 533. Here are some of the top national and international stories on the morning briefing. We begin with local, though. A flash flood warning up for Kenosha County through 715 this morning. Heavy rains over that area have already left three inches of rain, and that rain is still falling. 
Fox 6 Chief Meteorologist Rob Haswell says that the flash flooding is causing some big problems in Kenosha County near Kenosha. We've already had some reports of areas flooded with rainwater up to the windows of cars, up past the doors. That's an additional concern for those who got trapped in it when the flash flood occurred because the pressure from that causes you to be unable to get out of your vehicle, you know, pop the window out or get out of through the window. But a big challenge, obviously, and uh, the good news, of course, is that it's happening very early in the morning, so a lot of folks are not out in it already. It is this flooding that we're concerned about mostly right now in Kenosha County. And there's that 10 block area, 40th and 75th in the Kenosha area there, where we do have reports of water up to the windows of cars. Unfortunately, the fire department in that area taking some uh, good steps there to shut off some gas and electricity to water in the building. So that'll be a helpful benefit there. Yeah, that's a flash flood warning for all of Kenosha County until 715. Also some uh, flooding reported in Madison, uh, primarily on the west and south sides of Madison overnight. Four inches of rain fell in Verona, which is near Madison. Other news, he just returned from Europe, but President Trump's going back there this week. Fox's John Decker reports from the White House. President Trump accepted an invitation from French President Emmanuel Macron to join him for Bastille Day. The two leaders will review a traditional military parade on the Champs-Élysées, which this year will mark the 100th anniversary of the entry of the U.S. into World War I. Breaking tradition this year, American and French troops will march side by side along the avenue. The White House said the visit is aimed at reaffirming America's strong ties of friendship to France and celebrating this important day with the French people. At the White House, John Decker, Fox News. Donald Trump Jr. issuing a statement in response to claims that he and other Trump campaign officials met a lawyer with ties to Russia during the campaign. Fox's Kevin Cork reports from the White House. The White House feels like this woman uh, did not represent herself properly. In fact, they argue that she misrepresented herself and her true intentions of this particular meeting. And I should point out that's actually coming from the outside legal team and from Donald Trump Jr. himself. Let me share part of a statement. It reads in part, the woman stated that she had information that individuals connected to Russia were funding the Democratic National Committee and supporting Ms. Clinton. The statement goes on to read, her statements were vague, ambiguous, and made no sense. He adds, most notably, my father knew nothing of the meeting or these events. Now, this comes as Congress and the special counsel continue to investigate possible collusion between Russia and the Trump campaign. But again, no evidence so far of such collusion. The crisis gripping Venezuela continues to get worse. Fox's Brian Yenis has the latest. At least 92 dead and 1,500 injured in the last 100 days in Venezuela since demonstrations began after the Supreme Court, which is controlled by Socialist President Nicolas Maduro, ruled it was taking over the powers of the legislature. A legislature won over in elections by the opposition. Food and medicinal shortages, along with record inflation, continue to fuel anger. Thousands from the opposition hit the streets almost daily, clashing with President Maduro's military, police forces, and supporters. There is some hope, though, that the protests are working. Maduro released opposition leader Leopoldo Lopez from prison Saturday, placing him under house arrest after more than three years in military prison. Maduro has called a July 30th vote to rewrite Venezuela's constitution, which could plunge the country further into a dictatorship. Brian Yenis, Fox News. Flash flood warning for Kenosha County until 715. Otherwise, mostly cloudy today. Scattered thunderstorms are possible. Look for high of 80. We turn to partly cloudy skies tonight, dropping down to 67. Partly sunny with a chance for late-night thunderstorms tomorrow. 
and a high of 78 degrees. It is 69 degrees now at 538. The 50th anniversary of Summerfest now in the history books after it wrapped up Sunday night. Local writer Michael Collins attended every day of the annual music festival, wrote about it in his blog, Behind the Cheddar Curtain. I have really enjoyed meeting people. I try to meet somebody new every day. Uh, and I've met many new people, and I also try to see these local bands performing on the big stages. On the final day of the big gig, 30,000 fans were given free tickets and a chance to win one of 50 lifetime passes to Summerfest that will be given away. The festival draws up to 900,000 fans each year. The man police say was responsible for a domestic dispute that led to a standoff with officers in Waukesha has surrendered to police. Fox 6's Brett Lemoyne reports from outside the Milwaukee County Jail. This is where 24-year-old Nassar Gregory turned himself into police this morning, but the circumstances surrounding that surrender are rather unique. This was the scene Friday in Waukesha. Police believe 24-year-old Nassar Gregory was inside the home armed with a knife. He's not a bad person. He just has, you know, like mental and anxiety problems. Gregory's girlfriend's children called police saying he had hit her and was trying to electrocute her. The police response was huge. Who did they think was there, Bin Laden? Private investigator Daniel Storm believes it was also unnecessary. I've never seen that kind of a response before. It was pretty amazing. Storm says police used drones, multiple tactical vehicles, and several rounds of rubber bullets to try and get Gregory out of the home. Storm says Gregory snuck away before investigators even arrived, hopping aboard a city bus to get away. He has a fear that the police wants to kill him. Community activist Tori Lowe pleaded with Gregory to turn himself in and even offered to act as a liaison between Gregory and police. Lowe says the suspect called him over the weekend wanting to surrender. He was able to um, be safe, uh, the police were safe, and everybody's safe. Lowe and Storm picked Gregory up Sunday morning and recorded the peaceful exchange for their social media followers. Lowe says Gregory was afraid because Gregory's brother was killed by police. Lowe believes fear created a problem for both parties during this incident. Until we can fix that or bridge that mistrust, we have to find alternative ways for safety. Now, Lowe says that uh, he has helped two other suspects recently in similar ways, and both Lowe and Storm say their goal here is really just to make sure no one gets hurt or killed. That includes the suspects and police. Outside the jail, Brett Lemoyne, Fox 6 News. And it's 540 on the WISN Morning Briefing Sports this morning, brought to you by Roto-Rooter. Well, who would have thought it? The Brewers hit the All-Star break with a five-and-a-half game lead in the division. Milwaukee beat the Yankees 5-3 to close out the first half of the season, while the Cubs were shelled by the Pirates 14-3. Clayton Kershaw went the distance to lead the Dodgers to a 5-2 win over the Royals. Kershaw struck out 13 en route to improving to a 14-2 record. The Dodgers swept that three-game series. They entered the All-Star break with an MLB best 61-29 record. The Astros behind them with 60 wins. Marlins slugger Giancarlo Stanton defends his title in the Home Run Derby tonight in Miami. The top-seeded Stanton faces Yankees catcher Gary Sanchez in the opening round. Yankee phenom Aaron Judge will meet Miami's Justin Bohr in round one. The Knicks still looking for a GM. ESPN reports former Cavs GM David Griffin has now taken his name out of contention for that position. Griffin and the Cavs mutually agreed to part ways earlier this summer. 
and the NBA Summer League action. It was the Bucks over the Nets, 88-83. Rashawn Vaughn leading the way for Milwaukee. He had 31 points. You know, there's just not much else in sports of local interest as we hit what is traditionally the slowest week of the year for major sports. And we have the All-Star Game, and, well, that's about it until Friday when baseball ramps back up again. 542 on the morning briefing. It's still to come. Here's a novel idea. Replace every member of Congress, every single one of them. It's the goal of a new political action committee. And then New York's mayor drawing criticism for opting out of a memorial for a slain officer so that he could attend anti-G2 demonstrations in Europe. That's just ahead. Good morning, Ken. The Brewers launch six home runs last night in Cincinnati as they pound the Reds 11-3. Jonathan VR. Beginning your day with a solid base of information. This is the WISN Morning Briefing. And your morning briefing continues now at 547 with more news and comments on that news. There is a new political action committee that has quite an agenda. Its goal, nothing short of replacing every member of Congress. It calls itself Brand New Congress and the start of the next revolution. Talk about a revolutionary idea. In a few moments, I'll introduce you to Zach Exley, one of the driving forces behind Brand New Congress. They want to replace every member of Congress with a fresh face, not beholden to corporations and lobbyists. But first, let's meet one of those faces, a pastor from Arkansas. I'm the kind of person that believes in big ideas that are daring enough that they just might work. And this is one of those kind of big ideas. Rob Rice's latest big idea is running for Congress in Arkansas. The father of four says it all started with a podcast. I first learned about Brand New Congress uh, when my wife listened to Zach Exley make an appearance on Rob Bell's podcast, and she held out her phone to me and said, you've got to hear this, you've got to do this. I think I expected him to listen to it and maybe come up with reasons why he couldn't or he shouldn't. And I was really excited when he didn't do that. One day I was sitting on my back porch talking with a friend and, uh, and my phone rang and it was someone who said, hey, I'm from brand new Congress and you've been nominated to run for Congress. Would you be interested? He was interested, even though it meant running against the man he previously voted for, Congressman Steve Womack. Arkansas's third congressional district is a, uh, it's a bright red district. It's very likely that, that come November 2018, um, a Republican is going to be the representative from this district. So the primary in, in May of next year is really important. I'm with the Rob Ryersey campaign. Even though they're both running as Republicans, Rob Ryersey says his campaign will be different from Congressman Womack's. One of the biggest differences is Ryersey's promise to not accept corporate PAC money. One of the problems in, in our system currently is that so many of our leaders, Congressman Womack being one of them, are bought and paid for by their corporate donors. One corporation linked to Congressman Womack is Walmart. The company's home office is located in Arkansas's 3rd District. According to the Center for Responsive Politics, Congressman Womack received over $160,000 from Walmart's PAC and the company's employees. The congressman wouldn't comment, but a Walmart spokesman told us, quote, Wallpack most often supports elected officials who support initiatives and policies that are important to our customers, associates, and our business. As for Ryacy, can a first-time candidate with no political experience actually do the job? Certainly, 
um, people that, that understand how the system works can, can get stuff done. The problem is, is that the system has been working for the people in power rather than everyday Americans. The experience that I'll bring to this job is someone who listens and cares and understands and will help work for solutions that will actually make a difference in people's lives. That's the kind of experience that, that I think we need in our elected officials. For full disclosure, one of the tech platforms Rob Ricey is using as a candidate is my startup, Crowdpack. Now, with me now, former Bernie Sanders advisor for national grassroots organizing and one of the founding members of Brand New Congress, Zach Exley. Zach, uh, you were involved very, very deeply in, in Bernie Sanders' campaign. Um, what, what was it about that experience in the last couple of years that persuaded you to start this incredibly ambitious um, movement, really, to, to try and literally replace, at one point you were saying, all the members of yeah, Congress basically with all. new people? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it came from seeing what was possible on the Bernie campaign. There was millions of volunteers uh, getting organized on their own all over the country, and yet doing it in a really well-organized way, uh, using technology, you know, using all kinds of new, uh, new things that uh, didn't even exist a few years ago. Uh, but you know, also I had been around presidential campaigns, around Obama's campaign, uh, Kerry's campaign, and uh, and Howard Dean's campaign. You know, way back was one of the first big grassroots internet-powered campaigns. And so this is something that there's a new kind of politics. There's something new in our political system, and and people are only uh, beginning to understand what it is. And, and what it is, is it's the ability to put an idea out there for the American people and say, if you would like me to do this, it's really easy with a presidential campaign because you're saying, make me president, mm -hmm. then donate to my campaign, sign up to volunteer, and we'll get you involved and we'll build an organization in the next few weeks, in the next few months, uh, to do something amazing all over the country. That's possible now. Nobody has yet tried that with Congress. And so going around with the Bernie campaign, what all the volunteers, and you know, there were a lot of uh, independents and a lot of Republicans uh, participating in the Bernie campaign. And they said, fine, when we elect Bernie, what about Congress? He's not gonna be able to get anything done. And look at Trump, Trump can't get anything done with his own party, right, <laughs> controlling Congress. So they said, can't we use what we're doing here to throw the bums out? And we said, yes. But is this just trying to get Bernie Sanders supporters into Congress. You're broader no. than that, right? It's non Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. So the crazy, I mean, I, I say crazy. Everybody always yells at me when I say this is a crazy idea. Um, but the, 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 the part of this idea that kind of makes a lot of people's heads explode is that we're talking about running Democrats in Democratic districts and Republicans in Republican districts. And, and here's the problem, right? It's not about, our problem is, is not Republicans versus Democrats. It's not that uh, you know, Republicans don't have any ideas and Democrats don't have any ideas. The problem is that the entire establishment, and I, mm -hmm. I mean, this is what your show is all about, it, they have no idea what's going on in America. They're totally out of touch. The, the situation we're in is that we're in a burning house. The house is burning down all around us, right? The Democrat solution is to turn on the air conditioning. The Republican solution is to turn off the heat. They have no idea <laughs> what is going on. Is the idea here really to, would, would it be uh, accurate to say this is really about electing populists? It's absolutely about of electing populists, parties. yes. And I, and I love your phrase, po positive populism. I really like that. Um, the thing is, we're not on this political spectrum of air conditioning versus heat. 
right? We are the fire department, and we got to put out the fire. Our candidates are honest, hardworking people who've built stuff. They're not people like me. They're not loudmouth activists. I, I, I won't run. I don't deserve to represent a district. What mm -hmm. have I built? Uh, our candidates are people that have built stuff, that have educated hundreds of children, that have you know cured thousands of patients. Uh, workers who are the people who take care of their workplaces, take care of their coworkers. One of the problems for President Trump is that he doesn't have a populist movement in Congress to enact his populist agenda. Are you right. saying that, that Trump supporters watching this show tonight who want to help President Trump should actually join forces with you, a former Bernie Sanders organizer, and run for Congress as part of brand new Congress? Yeah. Well, I'm going to be honest. If, you, uh, if the reason you voted for Trump was to deport 12 million people, uh, you know, then you're not going to like brand new Congress. But if you want to rebuild America's means of making a living, if that's why you voted for Trump, because that's what Trump talked about, the media didn't cover it, but that was in his stump speech every single time he spoke to a stadium. And if you want to rebuild the American economy, uh, and if you think that the way the Democrats talk about that, about doing that, which is to just sprinkle money into people's pockets, or if you think that the Republican solution is stupid, which is just the same thing but opposite, which is let's just cut taxes. Neither of those solutions are going to fix our economy. We actually well, need I, to build. I we totally need to rebuild the economy. So then, then, so viewers should join. They should go to, well, first they should go to okay, Rob do the plug, 2018. We'll, we'll, we'll yes, talk, we've you. got some more time to talk about okay, it. Okay, do, do, the, do the plug quickly. Well, you've got to go to Rob uh, 2018 with two Bs, Rob with two Bs, 2018.com, Rob 2018.com, and just email uh, Rob at join at uh, Rob2018.com. On to another growing controversy, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio and his decision to skip a memorial for a fallen police officer so that he could attend the protest at the G2 summit. Geraldo Rivera slammed what was a very poor decision. I think it was incumbent upon me as the leader of the biggest city in the country to set a tone and to say we're not going to be intimidated uh, by President Trump and we're not going to turn away from our values. That is New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio doubling down on his decision to skip an NYPD ceremony so he could protest President Trump and other world leaders at the G20 summit. But was ditching New Yorkers to push his progressive agenda really the right move? Here to react, Fox News roaming correspondent at large, Geraldo Rivera. Hi, everybody. Hi. New York City has sort of gone downhill during the de Blasio administration, yet he's going overseas to join... If you can call it a protest, just a bunch of idiots doing violence. One of the things uh, w that led to uh, Rudy Giuliani's success as mayor, and he was mayor from a very tough time to 9-11, uh, to was the squeegee men and the panhandlers. Right. They're the visible aspects of a dysfunctional city. Disappeared under Giuliani and then Mayor Bloomberg. Under Mayor de Blasio, they have come back. The city. The broken windows the, are back. Broken windows are back. And as uh, the Republican candidate said, the big issues here are traffic, transit, and trash. That's what New Yorkers are caring about right now. You can't get across town. It is impossible. Yeah. The city. In its, in its success and its robust and flourishing uh, is becoming so clogged up that nobody can get around. But for him to go there, to go to Hamburg now and to, to address a crowd, the, this, 
that is really these anti-G20, they, they are symbolized by these protesters, selfish, nihilistic, narcissistic, anarchist, anarchist, destructive, and for him to go and to speak there, nobody cares about his speech, he's trying to make himself, right. you know, this paragon of virtue on the left, and he's not succeeding, he has no audience, if him to leave the city with Officer Familia, uh, you know, still, uh, everyone's still grieving over the assassination right. of the NYPD uh, cop, mother of three, uh, uncovered by many of the news channels. Uh, thankfully, Fox stepped up to the plate and gave the appropriate attention to the assassination mm -hmm. of this NYPD officer. But Mayor de Blasio to go running off in this circumstance, I think, is really unforgivable. Yeah. Of course, I only wish he had a, a candidate that could challenge him because he will likely mm -hmm. win. This is a heavily Just democratic remarkable. town and the candidate's not very charismatic or well-funded. Bo Deedle, our man Bo Deedle, uh, is running as an independent, but he's a very long Well, there's still time. Yeah, Bo Deedle is mayor of New York. That'd be great. It is 5.58 on the morning briefing. We are just minutes away now from the Jay Weber Show. Good morning, sir. You'd be able to get a good calzone in that city, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the show today, we have Wisconsin unemployment. It could slip under 3% soon. Yeah. Wow. Uh, we'll talk about that. Wisconsin homeowners won a huge constitutional rights case in front of the Wisconsin Supreme Court on Friday. That didn't get enough attention on Friday, so we'll... So to reset that today. And Trump's VA has fired over 500 people as they try to drain the, that swamp. Yeah. So finally some winning for the vets. Uh, all that and more coming up. All right. Sounds like a great program. Minutes away. That wraps up this edition of the WISN Morning Briefing. Join me again tomorrow for another hour of news and commentary.